wealth is a mindset. I created this podcast because you can't learn something that you don't talk about. Wealth Chats is where the money conversations happen with no shame. Level up your financial literacy game with our weekly Wealth Chats. I feel like we just turned this into a motivational speech. <laughs> that was fire, guys. I love the conviction. Like I can hear it in your voices, in the way you're carrying it. It's not just the journey. Both of you shared your stories and it's clear that this path of personal finance of wealth is really a journey. So you need mental toughness. You need training in order to continue on. It's not something that I can pick up and then leave. So what does wealth mean to you individually? So I think for your question, what does wealth mean to me in terms of as I'm a teenager, I think right now it means being responsible. So whatever money that I have in terms of like, if my parents give me money to, I'm going to a trip, if they give me some money, what do I do with that money? Do I go to the nearest store and do I just blow it off on some designer clothes? Or do I actually hold some of that money, like buy the food I want, get like maybe a souvenir if I'm at the new place, but then save some of that money because I know if this is what I get in terms of my salary when I grow up and I go to a vacation, I can't just spend all that money on like buying everything I want. I have to plan out and budget what I get. So I think in terms of a teenager, that's kind of what the first step is. But then when I grow up, especially when like, I'm probably going to grow up in terms of getting a job and have money. So the plan for that is to create generational wealth for specifically. So for that means having wealth in the fact that I know I can do what I want and I can do it worry-free because my finances are all set up. So that means I can go to a vacation and know that's part of my budget and I can definitely do that. Or I know that I can't necessarily spend five to six, like go out shopping like five to six times, like a month. I have to plan out two to three times, but I have to enjoy, I can enjoy those two to three times because I know that's within my budget. So it's kind of being able to do whatever I love, knowing everything is taken care of. And that's kind of wealth because wealth shouldn't always be about making more money and then keep on making more money. The point is to find a point where you can just relax. And that's kind of the point with life. You just want to be able to do the things that you love. And that's the goal of every person. So why not be able to spend a couple hours a month with getting your finances in order and then spending the rest of the time doing the things you love? It's not too hard of a journey. It's just the beginning steps of actually getting that mindset that I got to do it. That's kind of what allows you to create that generational wealth and have wealth be a factor in terms of allowing you to do the things that you love. I hear that. So wealth to you is really to live life simply without constrictions. Yeah, just and so free. exactly. And so do you have that number in your mind? I know you guys are in your teens right now. You don't have the adult <laughs> bills and mortgage overhead. But in terms of for you personally, do you know kind of what number? Because we talked about clarity, right? Like being clear, knowing where you're going. I know that was more Arnav, but still, I think you both are. <laughs> you have that clarity. How much money do you think you need a month? And are you already planning towards that? So in terms of how much you would need for like how much I'd actually want to make, and I guess a yearly basis, it just comes to the fact that do I have all my expenses being able to pay it off? Can I have enough money working for me to the point where 
those expenses are paid off and that active income that I'm creating or that side income as well is allowing me to do the things that I want to do. So whatever my lifestyle is, let's say it becomes cost me $35,000 to just live and be able to supply for myself. My goal in terms of the number when I ultimately become 30 or 40 is to have enough money working for me that it actually covers my living expenses from 30 to 40,000, whatever that might be compared to if I'm living in a big house, it might be a bit bigger. But once I had that passive income, which is money working for you, not you working for it, that's kind of like my goal in terms of how much I want to make. Whatever I make on top of that, which I hope that my active income and my other side hustles can like come in and help me in terms of being able to do things I love. But for me, I'm kind of setting the standards as make sure I have enough money and a system where my living lifestyle is covered and then I can just do whatever with the rest. Gotcha. Arnav, same thing. What does wealth mean to you? I think similar to what Pravar said, it's, it's like a lifestyle. It's, it's a presence of mind where you don't have to really have to constantly worry about your loans, your debts, all your finances, where you have an automated system where you know where your finances are, you have them managed, and you don't really have to worry about this stuff. And to me, I think that wealth is just that. And it's hard for people when they see there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy, in my opinion. Being rich is you can win the lottery and you're rich. In my opinion, being wealthy is having building that generational wealth, a sustainable system of getting money and having it, you don't have so like it's set up for your future family where they really won't have to worry about money. In my opinion, that's what being wealthy means to me, where I can cover my own expenses, where my current family, I can help them out. And for my future family, where I can, they really won't have to worry as much as we've had to, because I feel like that is a really important thing. Having them be able to do what they really want to do without having to constantly worry about money. Obviously, stay educated on personal finance and not be spoiled. But I feel like it's a really important thing because you have to think about it's not only about you, but the people who are around you too. Because if they're not doing so well, that obviously affects you as well. And I feel like having that mindset about wealth is that it's about providing for everyone and yourself. I like that. So wealth to you isn't just selfish. It's actually being selfless and inclusive of others. Mm -hmm. One thing you mentioned that really stood out to me was the people you're around. I do think that your community, your environment is so crucial to your growth, especially when it comes to a topic like personal finance. If you don't have a safe space for someone to talk about this, then they're likely not going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So one thing you said, yes, go ahead. I was just going to say that the people who you're around, it's so important that because to be able to talk to someone, like you said, because the way you interact with them shapes your own mental health, your, the way you interact with your own finances. Because if you talk with someone who only has, you know, 10, $20 to their name and they're giving you advice on how you should spend your money, then obviously you're going to rub off on them. Like we were just talking to someone the other day. And they were saying the exact same stuff. So having yourself surrounded with people who support you and love you, that is so, so important. I love that. So you also mentioned an automated system. What systems mm-hmm. are you guys using right now? So obviously, like, both of us really don't have income streams. But when we do, our main thing is obviously when we go to college, we're going to have some kind of student loan debt. So an important thing that I've learned is that Getting off your debt is really important, but having a system where you set aside X amount of money per month 
for that debt for whatever loans you have is really important. And not only that, having an automated system to put, like I know a lot of people do, they have a certain app. I think Acorns is what one of our guests used to just put $200 a month or $500 a month towards one index fund. And that happens monthly. So they don't even have to worry about it because that's almost like a fixed expense for them. That's something that's already part of their lifestyle. It's not like, oh, I spent $300 eating out, $400 on shoes or whatever. So you know what? I can't invest this month. It's already part of their lifestyle. And once you have that as a fixed thing per month, then it's going to stick with you, right? You can't make any excuse. Like I said before, like you can't make those excuses because having that system where you're investing, you have some for side hustles and you obviously have some for to live your life because personal finance is not just sacrificing everything. So having that system where you have, I feel like that helps with some kind of balance with your living, especially as you get older. So for us, obviously, we don't have that kind of personal finance system yet, but we definitely want to implement it as soon as we get that first paycheck because we want to track how our money is spent because that is really important too. I love that you're talking about a system that you can implement and the only missing factor is income. Yeah. Like that is so different than what everyone else has. Mm -hmm. Not that it's wrong, but they just never had the opportunity to come across this conversation, right? So, and thank you for sharing that. I asked because what you're saying in terms of like one of your guests, just making it a fixed expense is actually the concept of paying yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of the times we don't think about paying ourselves because people say, well, I have bills to pay, so I can't pay myself. But sometimes, depending on your bill, it's okay to be short $10, $50, $100 to pay yourself. Because whatever you do with that, like you said, if you're investing in it, it will be made back. Obviously, don't do this with credit cards. You'll never catch up to the interest. But with small things, it's okay. And I think it's the whole concept and practice of paying yourself first that really makes the difference and is kind of the basis of what you guys are talking about. So next question for you, and I like this one because we like to talk not just money and wealth, but also mental health and emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. So what is your relationship with money and when did you discover it? So my relationship with money was, I guess, distant and I didn't, I thought it was I didn't have to worry about it. It was just, it seemed like an aspect that was just for older people, grownups, like 40 year olds, my parents, adults, right? It wasn't a concept that I could learn. I didn't know what interest rate meant. I did not know what the stock market meant. I had no idea what, what taxes were. I thought, you know what? I will not have to worry about now. All I have to worry about is school. That's what I thought at first. When I picked up this book, when I saw this guy, Robert Kiyosaki was learning this when he was nine years old. I was like, I'm already behind. I need to learn about this, right? I need to start learning now. And that's when I realized that money is something that it's not something we always have to be scared of. Because I feel like even our parents say like, oh, money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't just come from here. But we can have it in a system that it's almost like it is growing on trees because you put it in an index fund, it it grows through compound growth in 10, 15, 20 years. And you really don't have to do any. So when you really learn about what money, because another important thing that a guest told us was money's biggest calling is that it's the best employee ever. It works for you. Mm -hmm. Your money can work for you. And people don't realize that. They think they have to constantly work for their money. They don't have enough time to work for enough money. 
and then they don't have enough money to provide. Well, you can have your money work for you. And once you realize that's when you're not scared of talking about money, that's when you're not scared of learning more about money. Because when they have that conception, that preconceived notion that that money is something that is too hard to obtain, you have to constantly work for it. Once you realize that you can have it as your employee, that's when you really start learning about it. That's what sets you to your path to financial freedom, in my opinion. So what was the time frame? Like when, what did it look like for you to shift from, I don't know, it's something that adults do to like, I mean, the relationship you have with money to now like, oh, this is my, I can use this as my employee. How long did that take for you to actually make that mental shift? For me, I think it started when, I think up to when I was, even when I was 15, I was thinking that I don't need to know about this. It doesn't matter for me. I think when I first picked up that book in maybe last fall, when I started reading, I think that's when I realized that I don't have to be scared of this. I don't have to be scared of talking to my dad about money just because he's the one who mainly handles our finances. I can ask him about this stuff. I can learn more from him about this stuff. And I can question what he does sometimes. And I don't have to be afraid of that because guess what? I know more about money now. So once you have that mental, I guess for me, it was almost like a drastic change that just reading, once you have, I feel like that's for anything. Once you have basic fundamentals for anything, you feel like you're not scared of learning more about it or questioning more about that certain topic. And that's what it was for me with money because I'd seen, I didn't know much before, but now I, I just keep trying to take in as much knowledge as I can to further my own knowledge about money. I think that's amazing that you can talk to your dad about it now, because that's something a lot of us just can't do, whether it's with partners, marriages, husbands, it's, there's a fear there that you mentioned. And the other thing was the basics and the fundamentals. People always want to focus on what's the best investment? Where can I make the quickest returns? And really, at the end of the day, it's the fundamentals that will get you there. Because if you don't have that, you don't have a foundation. So, Pravar, what is your relationship with money? Tell us how it got started to where you are now. Yeah. So my relationship with money in the beginning, which was similar to Erna, was I just didn't really care at the point. What I mean why I didn't care was I didn't really understand how important money is. So I'll explain this. Before high school, I didn't really have to use money that much. But in high school, I started having to pay for clubs. Like my parents would obviously pay for it. And I have to pay for food sometimes when I go out. And then sophomore year, when I had some senior friends, we would always go out and then they drive us around and we'd always get food. Like we'd get food, I think every day for like dinner. And then I was like, okay, how am I getting this money? So I asked my mom, can I like get 10 bucks to go and get food? And they're like, oh sure. And then they do it every day. And I'm like, how are they, how are they allowing me to do this every day? How am I able to buy food every time? So then I realized that it's kind of, I'm a little bit more, I'm not a little bit, I'm a lot more privileged than most people because my parents are in a place where they make a stable income and they can, you know, provide for me and essentially just chilling. I can just, if I wanted to, I could really get what I want. But it kind of hit me when my dad told me a story about how they had to work really hard to get where they were because they're immigrants. And 
it put things into perspective in the fact that I'm living this life because my dad put in the work, my, my mom put in the work to be able to get that stable income and be able to provide for me. So now I'm privileged, but they weren't privileged to begin with. They had to fight for everything. So that put me in a position where I need to start looking at the perspective of when they were young. I got to start treating myself as if I have nothing. I got to treat myself as if I got to work for every single dollar that I get. And when I get every single dollar, I had to decide how to use it. Because if I continued with my old ways in terms of when I was a sophomore and I just go out and just blow it on food every day, when I know that I can, like my parents can make food at home or I can make food at home. But it's just that shift when I realized you have to, the money that you get doesn't grow on trees. It's something that it works hard for and you have to properly manage it. So I think in terms of my relationship with money is from, I think during COVID when I realized money is not something that's just given to you. It takes a lot of hard work. So you got to care for it and you got to actually make sure you get enough. So in terms of my approach to money, it's kind of like, so this summer we, my friends and I, we started a debate camp. So we were getting kids in and we charged them like 50 bucks, nothing too much. And then we were able to teach them and we got some money. Then we saw another camp and they were making the people there, they were making thousands and thousands of dollars. And I was like interested. I'm like, dang, they're making a lot of money. But then I realized something really crucial. What happened was the leader of it. His name is Robert Chang. He's like really good at debate, but he didn't work at all. What happened was he got employees working under him and he had them working and he, who didn't do anything, he was making in the most money. He was making, I think 10 K it was crazy. And we were all like the high schoolers. So that kind of hit me in the fact that he's doing what it's called making money work for you, passive income, essentially. And that kind of hit me in terms of the approach to money. My goal is I don't want to work for money the whole life because that's what my parents did. Obviously you got to work for money in the beginning, but my kind of goal has now become if I want to really make, but the best way to make money is to have it work for you. And that it takes planning. It takes ahead of like getting ahead of schedule and creating a foundation. So that way you can have people working under you to create that system where that cash flow is coming in and you don't have to work a single second. So obviously I'm not advocating that, like make a business like as soon as possible and just go with it right out of college. I'm not saying that, but in terms of my long-term goal, after I get a job and stable income, I would really like to find ways to make passive income. So that way, because my parents have to work really hard, I obviously want to work hard, but to a point where I know I can like sit back and relax after I create that foundation of passive income. And one thing I kind of wanted to say before I wrap this like, like specific part up is that I kind of blame the education system for not raising awareness to our stance on money. How is it that we're in high school, we're teenagers, we're going to be going to college, we're going to be living on our own. And how do we not know a single piece, anything about money? We probably don't even know where money was created. We don't know anything in terms of how much you have to spend, how much you have to save, what you have to do. And we're just left stranded. And this kind of leads me to believe that the education system just wants us to create workers and employees and just keep us perpetually working and have a naive mindset and just keep on blowing it on dumb stuff. So that way the businesses prosper. And then we're the ones stranded behind. And I blame the education system. The fact that this is injustice to everyone, because there are poor people out there who wouldn't really be that poor if they were given the, if the education system that they're receiving actually did their job in providing real world education. I agree. So I just wanted to bring that to light because I think student loans are becoming a huge issue and people aren't able to tackle it because they're never taught what to do with it. 
So I just think it's something that needs to be addressed and has to be brought up more often. I love that. And I think that's part of the reason why we're having this conversation, why you guys have your own podcast, because it's to have that conversation in order for more people to get into it. It starts with a conversation, right? I think what you brought up there, Pravar, the education system, it goes so much deeper than that. And what's interesting is, I mean, just for the listeners, I'm going to draw this parallel in case you didn't catch it. You both have talked about money is your employee, so it can work for you. And Pravar, you gave the example of Robert Chang. Great for him, by the way. It's pretty good <laughs> for his age and where he's at. But then you said the school system makes you an employee. So who are we working for? The people that we work for, that's who's kind of the head of the system. Right. And I get it. There's so many things to that, but it's interesting that you both pulled the parallel and this is actually something that's happening in society as well. It's not like a one-off thing. It's very prevalent in our world. And I also want to say mad respect for actually acknowledging and thinking, where did the money come from with my parents? Because we don't ask that. We're not taught to ask that. It's not a question we know how to ask. So it's not even that we don't care. It's your parents have provided for you. Like, for example, I want to buy my daughter a house. A few years ago, I would have thought that is so privileged. Why? Like, this is no, this is not a good thing to do. She needs to struggle. She needs to learn. But see, then I realized here's the difference in the shift is if you were to build anything yourself, a business, a career, like anything you're actually wanting to work for, you have to put in work. And you have to put in hard work. So regardless, if you're building anything in life, you're going to have to overcome a lot personally, right? That's the conversation we've been having. And so my thinking shifted. I was like, okay, maybe if I buy her a house, then at least that part is taken care of. I still have a fear. So maybe you guys can come in and chime in on this. But my fear is at what point does it become too much privilege that you forget about the struggle or at least the foundation of how you got there? Right. Because if I buy her a house, maybe she's going to buy her kids two houses and a car. And then it keeps going and going. Right. Not that it's a bad thing per se, if they understand the value of hard work. But I'm curious what your thoughts are. At what point is it too much privilege or is there such a thing? Mm -hmm. For me, at least what I think is obviously like when you're working through personal finance and financial growth itself, there is stuff that detract you from your own goals and dreams in life. And I feel like for everyone, you have to know that struggle, but each person's struggle is different, if that makes sense, right? So your struggle could be whether it's becoming a doctor or debt-free. It could be two different things. So for me, what I think is providing children with as much as they can have to set themselves up so that they can be who they want to be. Because maybe I want to be an entrepreneur, but I'm not going to force my kid to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to set themselves up to be who they want to be. So I think giving those materials and those resources to set themselves up to to become who they want to be is really vital. But Obviously, it's like a huge dilemma, like how much is too much privilege? Because in my opinion, there is too much privilege. You can hand them too much 
And then at that point, you're handing them like you're spoon feeding them the whole time. But there's a point where you want to, I feel like this goes for any parent. I'm, I'm sure like you said, hard work, you have to teach them about hard work, but also the core values of personal finance, how to handle your money. Because like we say before all the time, because people who say that they don't need to learn about personal finance because it doesn't pertain to them, doesn't really make sense because everyone has to deal with money. So I feel like learning core values about hard work, personal finance, and again, stay, uh, keep your foot in the ground and stay humble. Like I feel like that is also so important. Once you have those three things, I feel like then you can sort of work on your own goals. And I feel like I'm drifting farther and farther away from your question. No, that's, it's all good. It's all good insight. I think what you mentioned there with staying humble and it's interesting Because I have, I honestly feel like I'm blessed to actually know people in high net worth. And what's interesting is that people in actual super high net worth are always humble. They Mm -hmm. truly are. And it's the people that feel like they have more things to prove or they aren't quite there yet in their own definition of success. That's when you kind of see some, I won't say attitude, but maybe posture. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And yeah, and that's like a, a problem that a lot of people face looking rich versus actually, you know, being wealthy. And this is like big thing. This actually fits in nicely to our next question because we have been conditioned to want to be rich. That is something a lot of us strive for, whether we know it or not. So, what limiting belief did you have to let go of? in order to pursue this journey. So it says in limiting belief, do you mean like some kind of sacrifice that like initial mindset that I had of money or material? Yeah. Like either of money or of yourself even. Mm, Yes. So I feel like I thought like rich people were like designer brands. I'm I'm sure you hear this a lot, but people who have that kind of, who have that kind of, are people who buy those kinds of things, but you don't really know what goes inside their household what kind of because that's also a big thing because like i said wealth is for me is a presence of mind it's the lifestyle it's it's having that peace of mind where you can just live the life you want to and do the things you want to not wear the things you want to or just show off being ostentatious is not the thing that you should be doing if you're trying to build wealth but i feel like once i sort of realize that i'm gonna have to sacrifice a little bit i'm gonna have to realize that i can't like Rebar said, I'm, I can't be shopping five or six times a month. That's just not what you can be doing. Once I realized that this is how people actually build wealth, this is how millionaires become millionaires, this is how you become rich and live the lifestyle you want. When I realized that, I was like, okay, I can do this, but I have to realize that this is the actual like rich people, like not the ones that we see on TV or the ones that we see every day trying to show off. Those are not the people that we're trying to aspire to be. That is not what Robert mm. Kiyosaki is trying to show us. And once you realize that there are two different people in the world who are rich versus wealthy, and you try to become wealthy, not rich, is when I sort of realize that, okay, this is my path that I have to take. Mm, you had to give up being rich. Yep. To finally become wealthy. Yeah. Pravar, how about yourself? What limiting belief did you have to let go of? Before I answer the question, I kind of want to just shift a little bit towards the kind of rich and wealthy scheme in terms of when we talk about being humble, I think it's kind of a little by factor of comfort in terms of like they're related in the fact that there's like levels to this. So let's say I'm really good at like geography, let's say. So 
there's humble in terms of the fact that let's say I win my school team. I'm really happy. Now I'm chilling and I'm comfortable or someone who wins that state school team. Now they're like, okay, now I got to win the state team. School isn't enough. Now it's like, oh, I won the state team. I'm chilling. But then someone else is always going to be like, I got to win the nationals. And then this, it's just that kind of humbleness in terms of you have to remember where you came from. And I think that's why so many people who are wealthy and like just successful today, they always remember where they came from. They were a person who didn't know anything, who were struggling so hard to just even get their foot on the ground. And that's what leads them to become better and better. So in terms of the limiting beliefs, that something that I guess I had to kind of take away was one, it was a little bit of comfort. It was, you can't feel too comfortable in any position. Obviously what I mean is like, you obviously should take time to rest. You can't just work every day of your life, but it's, you got to let go of that satisfaction. You can't let that get into your head in terms of sure, celebrate a day after doing something really good, but then immediately work again. You got to remember that if you want, if you set yourself up to a bar that's like 50%, you're only going to reach 50 or below. If you set yourself up to the bar of hundred, you're going to either reach a hundred or something close to it because you're going to keep on pushing. If you keep on putting that bar farther and farther away from you, it forces you to push more. So for me, what happened was after debate competitions, when I do really well, normally, because what happened was my sophomore year, I wasn't winning at all, like a lot. So then I was like depressed. I'm like, damn, all those people, all the seniors on my team, they're winning so much. I kind of want to be like them. Then junior year, there's this thing called the gold bid where if you get certain, if you get like to a certain level in like the playoffs round, then like you get that gold bid. So that was kind of my goal ever since sophomore year. And then junior year, well, I worked hard and then I finally hit that gold, like got that gold bid. And then for 15 seconds, I was jumping and crazy. I was screaming. I was so happy. Then after the 15 seconds, I'm like, damn, now what? I'm like, just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I got a gold bit. Now what? I didn't feel, I thought it would be life-changing, but it's not. And so that kind of forced me that you keep, you have to keep on pushing the bar because you should never get satisfaction after like one thing. So I think that's kind of like one limiting belief in terms of overall that I kind of have to let go of some of that comfort because if the more you're comfortable, the less you work. And I think that's really important if you want to become like better. And another limiting belief or another limiting factor, I'd say was some of the friends and people who I was around with. Because once I realized that I got to get, make sure I'm like motivated in terms of money, motivated in terms of trying to become more wealthy, I had to not let go of them, but I had to slowly detract from the people who didn't have too many goals, the people who weren't talking about this, because you are who you are with. My parents always told me, make sure you get the right friends. And I'm like, dude, I can hang out with whoever I want. Why does that matter? But it matters because if your friends aren't making money, you're not going to make money. If your friends are becoming entrepreneurs, you're going to become an entrepreneur because the people who you're around with set the bar for you and help you push. So I think that's one of it. And then the last thing before I like end this little thing, it's kind of learning the difference between the short-term and the long-term. It's like, you can't have, you have to sacrifice some of that short-term benefits. Maybe like, obviously for some people who are older, it might be partying, going out. For me, it might be like playing outside and like going out a lot. But you got to sacrifice some of that short term, not all of it, but some of it, if you want to be able to get the true things that you actually enjoy, which will last a lifetime in terms of the long term. I think that's something that I've been slowly realizing. And that's giving me more happiness because I'm slowly, I've become more happy doing an interview and a podcast more than spending three, four hours playing with my friends, like video games. Like that's just become my life. I just like to do those kind of productive things. So your priorities have shifted 
Yeah, it sounds priority- like that's, yeah, you've just through your own learning, your priorities have shifted. And I think there's one thing to really point out is when you say you want to level up to the next thing of comfort, it's also a choice, but it's a choice not to do more work. It's a choice to become better. It's a choice that's, to grow. That's and so I think well put. Yeah. That's a big distinction for a lot of people because there's some people that you talk to, they're like, I don't want to work forever, but it's not about like you guys are talking about work, but you're not talking about working forever. What you are talking about is that personal growth, which really has no end destination, right? Like not to sound morbid, but that end destination is when we we're gone. Mm-hmm. So until then, if there's a want, we can always and i think that's powerful especially for people a bit older that maybe haven't started the journey to let them know that there is no end point you can start wherever you want and that's okay because the journey is growing yourself mm-hmm. so and i, I know we have something. yeah go ahead yeah, no, no, before go ahead. you end off i just want to say there's also no specific like time when you have to start in terms of i'm 30 i can't start now or i'm 50 i can't start now you can start whenever you want don't limit yourself like mm-hmm. so many successful people started when they were like after their 70, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. You yeah, there was this like want. Asian model. He was homeless. He's like this tall guy. And then he became a model overnight and he's like 70 something. And he's like lifting in the gym. I'm like, can I be you when I'm old? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and also because there's always someone 10 years older who wishes they could have started where you are today. And that's absolutely. That's- yeah. There's always this fear of missing out. That was my long way of saying FOMO. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, you know what, you're right. So what are some last takeaways you can offer anyone out there that maybe have a fear of getting started? Yeah, I think just in terms of there's two ways to look at it. There's one practical way and there's one like mindset way. The practical way is, I guess, like a little step by step. It could be pick up the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or just pick up any other personal finance book. Just become interested and become like open as to how necessary it is. I think that'll help alleviate the fear in terms of how do I approach this because what's important and that kind of forces you to actually do it. So read those books, read, I will teach you to be rich. It's one of the most practical books to actually start now when you're in your twenties or thirties to actually make an impact. And in terms of the mindset shift to not get feared, there's two things you could do. One, you can look to perspective in terms of you can see people who aren't doing well. This is like a little extreme, but you could take trips to like India and you can go to places where like a lot of people are really successful and rich, but then you'll also see people who aren't that rich too. And you got to kind of choose yourself, which path do you want? And then the second one is just surround yourself with people who know it's important. That is super crucial because like we can say this, like this is probably the most important thing. You are who you are with and they're going to motivate you. They're going to look out for you. And they will help you to get that fear away and be confident in approaching personal finances. Thank you. Arnav? I think what Pravar said is obviously 100% correct. And I just wanted to add a few things. First of all, if you're listening to this podcast, you already have your first foot in the door, right? The next thing, what I think you should do is start with your, why are you listening to this podcast? Why do you want to you know, achieve financial growth? Why are you doing it? Is it for your kids? Is it because you want to retire early? Is it because you want to be a meal? I say, write those things down. It could be three, four things. It could be one thing, whatever it may be, write it down, put it up in your wall and look at it every morning. Realize this is what I'm working towards. And then after that, pick up a book, right? And that's going to drive you to become 
successful, in my opinion. That is whatever you want to do, have those goals in mind and you will become successful. And obviously from a practical standpoint, obviously pick up books, start, you know, investing as soon as you can in index funds and just learn more, learn, learn. Because there's so much out there in today's day and age, online, podcasts, YouTube, whatever it may be, there's so much out there that you can acquire. You can learn so much from other people's stories. It is just so much knowledge in just two, three months, you can learn so much. So I say use your resources in the right way and just use your time in the right way. And you will become, you will like be blown away by how much you can grow as a person and in personal finance. And just like Pravar said, mindset, again, huge thing. Gotta know your goals and surround yourself with people who will help you out and you'll be set. Thousand percent agree. I love that you added in the why, because I think it's almost somewhat pointless if you don't know why you're doing it, because you won't know what to do with the information, right? I think we can all agree information is one thing, but the application needs to serve a purpose. Otherwise, why do it at all? Right. So that clarity piece is so important. And I want to thank you guys. I want to do this again in like a few years because I just want to see where you guys are at. I feel Mm -hmm. like you were both on such amazing paths. You've got the mindset right that it's about the environment, who you surround yourself with. I am so excited for your wealth journey, guys. I can't even. (laughs) And thank you you for coming on the show. I really wanted to show a different perspective, right? And being you guys in high school, but with this knowledge and conviction Mm -hmm. to grow yourselves, to want to do better and to share it with everyone else that is seeking the knowledge. I think that's so important. I don't think there's enough of us out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everyone hears something a little differently. So we need more people in different ways sharing this knowledge and information. You're 100% right. And thank you so much for having us on. I think people like you, obviously, who want to promote this to all kinds of age groups for bringing us on for high schoolers, but then you also talk about for millennials, you talk about for older people, younger people. It's just great that you're you know, tackling this issue and helping other people out there so for all the audience out there definitely check out every everything else of hers is everything's great and i think all Thank kind you. of content is perfect <laughs> and we'd love to have you on our show too that'd be that'd be really awesome i would love person. that yes send me some times and we'll get that set up thank you guys sure. so much this has been wealth chats where the money conversations happen with no shame level up your financial literacy game with us each week as we dive deeper into the wealth mindset. Join our free Facebook group as well, Financial Literacy for the 99%. Make sure to like and subscribe for more. Take care.